Hello. I'm Randy. And I'm Claire. And you're listening to Kill... <laughs> you're listening to Killer Vibes. I wasn't speaking into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> you're listening to Killer Vibes. A true crime podcast. Okay. <laughs> Suspects. Suspects. Suspect. The one and the only. Welcome back to the Black Dahlia murder. We're going to dive in to the person who killed the Black Dahlia. <clears throat> so, I wanted to focus mostly on this particular suspect because he's obviously guilty. <laughs> allegedly. Obviously guilty. Disclaimer. Tack allegedly onto everything we're saying right <laughs> yeah. now because we're about to so, implicate him like nobody's like business. Nobody's, but he's dead, so I don't even care. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he did it. Yes, and he did he it. Freaking killed her. He absolutely and cut up her. her body and did sh- gross stuff. And he should have gone to prison for this at the beginning. Anyway, so the person we're talking about is the infamous Dr. George Hodel. He doesn't have a creepy name, so it's, like, not even. Anyway. I'm so excited to go watch the show. I know. I know. So um, we're recording this podcast, like we said. And 15 minutes. Yes. So we're recording this podcast on the night the new series, um, I Am the Night, comes out. Um, it has we Chris Pine in it. We didn't plan this. No, we didn't plan this. Um, it just happened. Yes. It's just the way the world works. So... We're covering this case. We're going to go watch the show after we're done recording. And we just decided um, we're ordering Chinese food. So it's going to be a good night. It's going to be so. a fun time. But we got to tell you this real quick so yeah, we can go we got to just wrap this up. Well, we're not going to wrap, wrap it up. It up. There's going to be a lot of it's, stuff to talk about because it's this is juicy stuff. Yeah, is. This is some good we're not gonna true rush crime it. awesome stuff. And there's some amazing journalism that happens in this end bit. And it's going to be cool. Anyway. Okay. So, Dr. George Hodel first came under police scrutiny in October of 1949 when he was accused of molesting his 14-year-old daughter, Tamar Hodel. Three witnesses testified at the trial that they had seen Hodel having sex with his daughter. Hodel was later acquitted of sexual assault in December of 1949 because his family vouched for him and said Tamar was just lying about it. Despite the fact that there are three witnesses that have come forward and told a jury that he's guilty. So that's where we live. That's Love the 1940s, guys. Fun. Love it. 1940s, 1950s. Anyone want to live then? No. No one no. wants to live there. And if you do, you're ridiculous. Racism. Sexism. Murder. Murder. Injustice all around. Just terrible. I would never want to live in those decades. They're I mean, I would like to wear a poodle skirt. Of course, but you could wear that now, and I totally wouldn't judge you for that. That's true. It is a fashion statement if you wear a poodle skirt just, like, for fun. You don't, you're an individual. Boom, boom. Anyway. So, okay. Um, I'm happy to say that because of this case... The police decided to connect him with the Black Dahlia murder. So because he was in court for the molestation of his daughter, unfortunately, he was acquitted. But the police started to officially look into him as a suspect for Elizabeth Short's murder. I mean, I could take one look at this guy on the street and put him on my suspect list. Do you know who who he looks like? He looks like Hitler. (laughs) Like an old Hitler. He looks like an old creepy Hitler. He's terrible. He's so creepy. His yeah. house is creepy. His actions are creepy. His words are creepy. Yes. Mostly his face is creepy. Mostly his face. Like, out of everything, is probably his face. That's the most creepy. 
That's not true. Maybe the murder is a little bit more creepy <laughs> than his face. Like, yeah. whatever. Um, so the LAPD put Hodel under surveillance from February 18th, 1950 to March 27th, 1950. They installed two microphones in his home, which was monitored by 18 detectives. Um, first of all, <laughs> that's a lot of people. <laughs> and that's two months of consistently recording someone, like, all day, every day. Like, that's a lot. Do they tell him? No. I feel like that's illegal. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and if it wasn't, I'm concerned. Yeah, no, it is hella illegal. And I think don't talk about your murders. Or just don't ever. murder anyone. Well, right. Yeah. <laughs> just like in general. I just feel like that should be what then we do. Then you'll never do. have to worry about it. Yeah, you'll never, ever have to worry about that if you don't actually ever murder anyone. You'll be innocent of all murder yes. because you'll never done a murder. Okay, anyway. So... I Unless just, you're Timothy Masters. Exactly. Poor Tim. God bless you. <laughs> or anyone else We're who's wrongfully you, convicted Tim. of murder. Okay. <laughs> so this is a lot of manpower. 18 detectives. That's a lot of detectives. And that makes me think that the police absolutely knew he was guilty of this. They wouldn't have, they yeah, wouldn't have dedicated. used that many resources. Exactly. And I've been saying this consistently, but the LAPD was extremely corrupt at this point in time like they were involved in money laundering they are paying people off and the fact that they were dedicating so many resources to like recording George Hodel in his home makes me think the worst of him honestly because if this corrupt system thinks that this guy is worth recording and making sure that nothing criminal is happening then obviously he's done something wrong so that's terrible. And the fact that nothing came to fruition because of these recordings is ridiculous. Again, I'm not sure if they were illegal or not, and they couldn't actually be brought forth in a court of law, but still. <laughs> um, so, well, you know what they might have been doing is trying to get something to just move their investigation along. That's not, also true. Not yeah. to, like, use as evidence in court because... Yeah, to find like some maybe he says something or mentions yeah, and someone. Like, we can go there. And yeah, we or can we watch can, him. We can interview yeah. this person or whatever. Um, and we actually, the world being we, sorry, we um, always do that. <laughs> we didn't know about these recordings until after the ca the case ran cold. And the reason we know about them is because of an LA Times journalist who went and looked at all of the. I know, pretty pretty badass, honestly. Um, the reason we know about them is because this journalist went and looked at old evidence boxes filled with the Black Dahlia stuff, and he found these transcripts, and they had never previously been published. So thank you to that journalist for bringing forth all of this information. So I just want to say the transcripts are pretty boring for a while. There's only a few instances, and I'll talk about all of the cool instances, <laughs> um, where things are actually happening. Um it, they're also kind of gross. Like, you hear him having sex with people, sort of, like, being mean to his secretary. Wait, in the transcriptions, there's... Yeah. What is... Please explain like he, to me how that's transcribed. He just... I'm, I don't know. I haven't seen these transcripts. Um, oh, okay. But I think that they're just written as, like... <laughs> like, I get, like, sex sounds. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so um, they're kind of dull. And then we get our first weird sentence on February 19th, 1950, and it isn't even a conversation. So at 8.25 p.m., the transcript directly reads, 
Woman screamed. Woman screamed again. It should be noted the woman not heard before the scream. And that's Elizabeth that Short. line. <laughs> well, so this re- was recorded. Oh, this is after. On, this is after. Sorry. Yeah. So this, this was is recorded. just another lady that he's torturing, yeah. probably. Well, we actually probably know who the woman is. Who? So, well, I'll tell you. <laughs> um, so later the same day, we hear Hodel saying, um, quote, realize there was nothing I could do. Put a pillow over her head and cover her with a blanket. Get a taxi. Expired 1259. They thought there was something fishy. Anyway, now they may have figured it out. Killed her. End quote. <laughs> Same day. So we hear a woman scream and then we hear him say, killed her. Put a pillow over her head. It's pretty. Ain't cool. It's not right. So they also hear him say um, at a later date, Supposing I killed the Black Dahlia, they couldn't prove it now. They can't talk to my secretary anymore because she's dead. (laughs) Stop! Just stop. (laughs) Just, Just stop. So, the secretary he's referring to is Ruth Spaulding, who apparently died from a drug overdose. Mm. Mm, No, incorrect. So... Most people insinuate that the woman who is screaming on the recording and the woman he is talking about um, later that same day is Ruth and that he killed her. He is a doctor, so he has access to pills and medication, and he was actually known for malpractice. And we know this because when they investigated him, obviously, for Ruth's murder— they started to figure out that Ruth had been, you know, secretly trying to, had been secretly, not trying, but had been blackmailing him about his malpractice. And he had, after Ruth was dead, he had been seen burning her belongings in a trash can. So, I don't, that just makes you sound guilty, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Ruth had also Don't even know what to say because it's just so black and white. <laughs> I know, it's pretty terrible. And Ruth had also made the connection to the Black Dahlia murder and she had thought that Elizabeth Short had been one of his patients. Yeah. So in his creepy house. Yeah. Exactly. And um, His house is real creepy. His house is you terrifying. should go look it up if you want to set yeah. the scene. Yeah, exactly. So, just so that everybody knows, Dr. George Hodel is a venereal disease doctor. So, he works with... STDs. STDs, yeah. So, his patients are sex workers. His patients are members of the elite. His Mm -hmm. patients are women like Elizabeth Short, who are trying to make their way in Hollywood and are, are dating around, and maybe somebody lies to them and gives them an STD. So... Ruth figures all of this out, knows, or, well, we assume that she knows that Elizabeth Short is connected to Dr. George Hodel in some way, and he kills her because she finds out this information. I hate when this happens and the person doesn't tell the right person prior to being killed. Exactly. Like, it's, I mean, it's if he killed someone. Yeah. And then you know 
that he killed someone. You should just tell someone you else immediately. You assume that you are going to be killed yourself. Yes, absolutely. The minute you find out, you go to the police and you don't ever go back like, to work. Write it down. Write it down. Somewhere, hide it. Yes, exactly. Somewhere Mail that's it. not too hard to find. Yeah. Mail, Mail it. Mail yeah. it to the police and say, you know, in your own handwriting, say what you fi- figured out and all the connections and everything like that. But we can't blame Ruth for what actually happened. And, of course, she is not responsible for her death. The only person who is responsible is Dr. George Hodel. She was, um, he was ultimately not convicted of this crime because he had burned evidence and there was not enough to convict him. Um, and she had died of a drug overdose. That was... That he inflicted. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, um, pretty probably. Um, and Maybe. another person <laughs> who agrees with Ruth Spaulding is Steve Hodel, the LAPD homicide detective and the son of Dr. George Hodel. Which and is- the tables turn! <laughs> dun, dun, dun. And this is another similarity that we have between the Black Dahlia case and the Zodiac case because we have a Zodiac suspect who was brought forth by his son. I feel like the takeaway is if you think your dad's a murderer, write a book. <laughs> I think so. You'll make a lot of money. <laughs> You'll make so much money. So... Anyway, um, so Lieutenant Frank Jemison, another lieutenant of the Los Angeles District Attorney's Office, wrote in a report um, for a grand jury that was dated on February 20th, 20th, 1951. And I'll talk about this grand jury a little bit later. Um, but in his report, he noted that Lillian DeNork, I think that's how you say that, <laughs> um, who had lived with George Hodel, actually identified Short as being one of his girlfriends. Girlfriends as in plural. And um, George was married to a woman named Dorothy. And um, despite the fact that Lillian comes forward with this testimony, it's actually Dorothy Hodel who says, no, my husband doesn't have any girlfriends. He didn't know Elizabeth. And he has an alibi for the night of her murder. Let me guess. Yes. He was with me all night. No, he was out partying. Oh. Yeah, which I'm like, that's not convincing at all. Think of a better alibi. If you're going to make one up. Yeah, right? Just be like, at least saying he was with me all night allows you to become a witness for like yeah. for his alibi. But then she doesn't bring herself into it. So maybe she exactly. was doing that on purpose. So who knows? But nobody else comes forward to corroborate her story. So it didn't obviously work out. Because it's a lie. Yeah, because it's a lie. So um, in addition to all of this, the LAPD retrieved a photograph of a nude Elizabeth and a nude model from Hodel's personal effects. So there are two photographs. One of them is labeled Elizabeth. The model was identified, one of them was, as Maddie Comfort, which is probably not her, her real name. What is that her real name? Maddie Comfort, like M-A-T-T-I-E, and then Comfort. I mean, maybe. It's such an it kind of sounds like a stripper name. It does sound like a stripper name. Or a real name. Just I'm just not sure. So she said that she knew nothing about Hodel being associated with Elizabeth. So we have another person coming forward saying that she doesn't know anything about Elizabeth, but why would she? Yeah. It's not like he's you know, flaunting this relationship all no, over town. He has multiple girlfriends. So, um, and then Rudolph Walther, Walther's, yes, Walther's. There's an H in his name, so it's not Walters. Um, he had been acquainted with Elizabeth and Hodel, and he said that both of them never met, which 
I'm Why like, would you know that? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, you may have known both of them, but that doesn't mean that they didn't meet on their own without you. <laughs> just saying. It's not like you're that important. Um, so ultimately, <laughs> there are just a lot of conflicting statements for whether or not Hodel knew or didn't know Elizabeth. But one thing is for sure, the photographs are pretty convincing that he knew her. Mm-hmm. So obviously, one of the women is not Elizabeth. But the other one looks pretty similar to Elizabeth. And it has not been confirmed who the woman is. Can I say? Yes. I don't think that's her. And it's, I know that this like goes against my theory that I think he did it. Right. I just It doesn't look like her to me. It's not an immensely accurate picture to what Elizabeth looks like. I'm not saying that I'm like fully convinced that it could be Elizabeth Short. But... Even if it's not Elizabeth, there is a type there. Yeah, even like, if it's not, it definitely shows that he has yeah, these weird relationships with, with women, like, tall, skinny girls yeah. with short black hair. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, so, Randy has seen the photographs. Um, I'll be sure to post the one that I found um, on our Instagram page when it goes up. So, be on the lookout for a notification about that, friends. Um, unfortunately, George Hodel died in 1999, but in 2003, we have Steve Hodel pick up the case. Um, he's retired by this point, but he publishes a book called Black Dahlia Avenger, A Genius for Murder. And in the book, he obviously claims that his father committed all of these things. Um, and he makes some pretty bold statements about all of it, which is, I mean, like, Of course, he could have a personal vendetta against his father who sexually assaulted his sister. There could be a lot of things that go into that. Um, But some of the evidence that he brings forth is pretty convincing. And um, we'll talk about it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so Steve says that he started his investigation into his father when he saw the two photographs. Um, But ultimately, they're kind of like deemed not really associated with Elizabeth. Some yeah. people also, are convinced, some people are not. But. Also a clarification, he wasn't, or not clarification, you probably said this, but just yeah. to, um, so the son wasn't like actively investigating this case. No, he was not. He had just simply seen this photo. Mm-hmm. And um, started to get interested in yeah. the connection. And was like, um, excuse me, that's the Black Dahlia. Right. And also, side note, he did not know anything about the recordings. Yeah. When he, he started the investigation. It's like the ways in which he stumbles across this across this case makes it believable to me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So after reviewing the information in Black Dahlia Avenger, the head deputy DA, who I believe is still currently the head deputy DA in Los Angeles, Stephen Kay, proclaimed that the Black Dahlia case had finally been solved. So he's pretty convinced. Um, however, others are not as convinced by well, that. Well, of course. I mean, you can't. <laughs> right. You can't just make that statement. It's kind of, I don't know. But also, you can't <laughs> also, do anything about it. So it's like. Exactly. You and can kind of say whatever you want. That's what most people are saying is like, well, what's the point? You can't like convict him anymore. Yeah, exactly. So he's like, of course, this case I believe in it with my whole heart now that I don't have to go to court and prosecute it. Right. Exactly. So I wanted to ask you if you thought that after everything we both know about George Hodel, if you think he has the makings of a serial killer. I think he probably is a serial killer. Yeah. I am. Okay. <laughs> to set up straighter. In what world do you go from never murdering someone to cutting a permanent smile in their face 
draining them of blood and dismembering them and then leaving them in a like vacant lot. Absolutely. That's like a weird, I mean, I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say <laughs> that he's probably killed before and probably killed after. Maybe not after, but most likely before. And obviously he killed his secretary and that makes you a yeah. serial killer, killing two Minimum two people with a cooling off period in between. According to the FBI, there's yep. conflicting <laughs> definitions of serial killer out there. But the FBI it's is more most, than one. The FBI's you know? most current definition is if you yeah. kill at least more than one person with a cooling off period. So like you can't be like a mass shooter and then we call you a serial killer. Yeah, no, that's, that's not, not the works. same thing. Mm-mm. You can commit, I guess, multiple mass shootings with cooling off periods in between. And then you could. That's not relevant. But right. um, yeah. So, um, yeah, I do. I do think. So and the type, like you said, if that girl in the photo woman in the photo isn't Elizabeth Short, which I don't think it is. I mean, it's possible because I mean, there's sometimes you take a photo from a weird angle yeah, and it just and it doesn't look like you at a weird angle. It is. And it's so I'm very odd. It could yeah. be her um, for sure. But I mean, I don't look at it and immediately think it's like super convincing to me. But um, if yeah, like kind of like we were talking about, if he has this type and he, but also to like argue against myself with the whole escalation thing, like if he is a doctor and he is comfortable in dealing with like that kind of stuff, then maybe it, it's not so much of a stretch for him to go from nothing to cutting up a body. Right. So there, all so of I those factors are sort of <laughs> related. And with that conversation over, we're going to end part. Is this part five? No, this is part. I don't know. We're going to end this part. This is part do four. another. We're going to do another part after this <laughs> one. Whichever one this is, we're going to end it. And then we're going to do another one of those. And we're going to talk about the surprise that I promised. That at I the don't know. I'm so excited. That she doesn't know. So, and I know you don't know because you just said something that's really I know. To I could it. tell by your face. Yeah. I was so. like, why are you lovingly smiling at me? Oh. You don't ever do that. Yeah. So I secretly confirmed in my brain that she doesn't know about this stuff. So, anyway, thank you, you guys. You put a trap in place for me. I'm so <laughs> mad at you. Oh, what can I say? I'm pretty crafty. Anyway, okay. thanks for listening.